Hello again. This is Digging for Something, and I am your host, JJ. So, if you heard my last podcast, I gave an example of technology letting me down, and that was with my dinner choice of BurgerFi and the inaccurate time they gave me to pick up the food, 10 minutes, which was closer to 40 minutes. So, what am I going to do? I'm going to start off this podcast with another uh, form of technology letting me down. So, in a little over a week is my daughter's birthday. Um, first of all, I'm struggling with her uh, adding another year to her age. Um, kind of miss those days when you could just hold them. <laughs> now, uh, as they get older, she's in the, that age where I'm just an embarrassment. And honestly, I am, so you can't really fault her. But you know, uh, I kind of miss those days where she almost laughed at uh, the stupid things I would do. Um, you know, the dad jokes were funny back then. Now they're just embarrassing. But anyway, it's her, it's her birthday coming up. And of course, she has her wish list. And uh distributed to all the family. Uh, And one of the things that I'm going to get her is a a desk from Ikea. Now, Ikea, I I, I really do like the store. Uh, The selection, the prices, everything. I I really do like the store. Um, If I'm looking for furniture or things that... I want to last me you know, 20 years. I don't think I would get it from Ikea, but um, you know, for starting, for kids, for uh, starter homes, um, rental apartments, uh, dorms, you know, for, for, or even for people who are on a serious budget. Uh, it's, it's definitely a great store. It's very modern uh, furniture. Uh, they pretty much have things for every room in the house. Um, so I'm, I'm a fan of the store, um, but there was one thing I never wanted to do. I never wanted to go on a weekend. Uh, it's just horrible to get through that store on a weekend. So I, I would always make it a point to go during the week. Uh, but now even, even more, it's a little more difficult because of the whole COVID thing. Uh, stores are limiting uh, the amount of people inside. Um, hours can vary uh, and things like that. So online is a great option. But I don't know if anybody's tried to purchase things online. The, uh, what is a click and collect uh, is the term they use. Let's just say I haven't stopped clicking for three days. And... All I keep getting, it's temporarily unavailable. Uh, so what do I do? I look online and it says there's six in inventory in the location close to me. It's Sunday, one of the days I don't want to go. But because this item has sold out and I don't want to risk not being able to have it for her birthday, 
I traveled there on Sunday. Now, also, since they're limiting the amount of people inside, there was a line. I, I felt like I was in a line for a Disney ride. Um, because all those lines, you're in a line for 15 minutes, it feels like half an hour. I was in line here for about 20 minutes, so it felt closer to 45 minutes. And it was hot. It was, the temperature was in the high 80s, but when I looked at my phone app, and it said feels like, it was felt feels like 101, because the humid, humidity was so high. So I finally get into the store, um, and I kind of messed up, and I didn't do the shortcuts right. So I walked all the way around, and then got to the, um, the I guess the grab-and-go section, where, you, where they have the aisles and the bins, where you where you pick up the merchandise, uh, and then you proceed to pay. So I went to the aisle and the bin. I get there, and what do I see? An empty pallet. So I go back on the website. There's still six available. And, of course, I'm thinking I'm just stupid. I'm missing it. I'm in the wrong place. I'm looking around. I'm reading. I'm reading. I'm double-checking, triple-checking, and still nothing. So what do I do? I go wait in another line for it's I guess it's the help desk there. So once I get there, I show the guy my uh, the item on my phone. He types it up, picks it up. He's like, "Yeah, we don't have any." Like the site says six, so he shows me a screen, and there's zero. He goes, "Yeah, there's six that's supposed to come in tomorrow, but it looks like four are already pre-sold." So. I'm like, how come the website is not accurate? Just looks at me, no answer. So I'm like, can I prepay it? No, I have to come. So I made that entire trek to figure out I have to come back tomorrow. And from what he said, come early. Place opens at 11, so I will be there at 11. And let's see, hopefully it makes it to the bin and they're not sold out by then. But in the interim, I'm going to keep, keep clicking, as I'm doing right now, and I'm still getting nowhere. So I don't understand. IKEA is not a, a small company. And what it, what it says, I'm going to read exactly what it says. Click and collect is temporarily unavailable at the store due to increased demand. Please check back here as new windows may open up throughout the day. I, I I really don't understand what new window, what what is going on here? Why why can't I just select it if it's showing an inventory? I, I so I have to just keep clicking. Either way, I'm gonna make the trip tomorrow. Hopefully, I'm successful. If not, I'll keep trying. I still have another uh, week plus, and another location that's close. Or actually, not just a little bit further than this. So we shall see, wish me good luck. Um, I will wish myself good luck and hopefully <laughs> I can I can pick it up and not have to deal with this torture anymore. Mm. Water break. So what am I gonna discuss today? There's a few things I'm gonna go over today. Um, I'm gonna start with a campaign update. Uh, yes, politics. The presidential campaign. It's, <laughs> it's 
will go down to see unusual, never seen campaign. Um, so you have candidate, the president of Trump, who is through two huge issues with COVID and the Black Matter movement. Plus, personality is doesn't make it easy for himself at all. Um, he he's definitely shoots himself in the foot a lot. Um, sometimes can be a little bit of a, a spoiled baby and wants his way and throws a tantrum. And obviously, I've mentioned he's very thin-skinned. Um, and many of the successes and positives that he he's done, he's had them overshadowed by his Twitter account. Then we have on the other end, of course, we're, there's plenty more people running, but as far as who's going to win, it's either going to be a Democrat or Republican. The yeah, other just steal votes. So you have Biden on the other side, who you don't hear much from. Um, some snippets out here and there. He's not really on the road campaigns because of COVID. Um, so he hasn't really hurt himself, um, even though there's a lot of questions about him. Uh, he was the compromise candidate, and he doesn't have the best track record when it comes to Black Lives Matter. Uh, well, when I say when it comes to Black I mean the issues. And uh, so his voting record has not really been in line with um, – some of of the points of the Black Lives Matter movement. So he's he's kind of been, I guess, helped out where because he can't be on the campaign trail and he can't really get out there and speak and and uh, share his views. <laughs> he hasn't really gotten himself into trouble. The the thing now that is that he needs to pick a running mate. Who is going to be his uh, vice presidential uh, nominee? And he's in a really tough place because you either have to choose who you believe is the best candidate um, with a blindfold on, not having any physical, I guess, the physical details of that person. Um, taken into consideration, or you can go with the the I don't want to say the theme, but with the thought of he he needs to have a female, a black female as his running mate. Um, you know, you had me too uh, a year or two ago, starting out, and then now the Black Lives Matter. So you can encompass both things with a black female candidate. But what you do is you, you basically shrink the possibilities. And like I've said, the best president, the best vice president are the ones that are never going to run um, because it's just too much. I don't know about you. I mean, there's a lot of people who want to do reality shows. I, I would never do one. I'm much too private for that. 
uh, even this is putting me out on a on a ledge that I'm not uh, used to or comfortable with. So there are plenty of people, the most qualified people will never run just because they don't want to put up with uh, all the ancillary things, all the, uh, in the age of social media, all the different opinion, I'm not going to say news network, it's opinion networks. Uh, it's tough. It's not only tough for the person, it's tough on their family. So not everybody is willing to do it. So you're not going to get the best candidates. Now, maybe 30, 40, 50 years ago, they'd, they'd run. But also, now you don't have all the platforms now to be known as uh, they have now. You didn't have those back then. Um, so as far as who he's going to choose for his running mate, um, don't really know. Uh, if he chooses a a black woman, uh, well, one, I, I think if he chooses a progressive, he'd be, he'd be hurting himself because progressives, it's, especially if somebody identifies as a democratic socialist, um, I don't think you're not, you're not going to get the on the fence Republican votes. And you're also going to lose Democrat votes as well, just because it's it's just way too left. Uh, even if you don't go uh, with a, a a black female, a white female, Elizabeth Warren, uh, she's probably too too close to that uh, progressive socialist line uh, that it might hurt him. So he to find a black woman who has a good name or has name recognition now who has the the experience it's going to be tough you don't have that many candidates to choose from um it, it kind of happened with um john mccain when he chose sarah palin he he was set on having a woman as as a running mate um, but at the time, to find a woman who had the same, I guess, ideology that he had, it was Slim Pickens. And it was a governor from a not so populous state as far as the, the population in Alaska, I believe, is very, very male. Um, because of the pipeline and things like that, the, the work, uh, the fishing, a lot of the work, the occupations there are really geared toward men. So it's a very different state in compared to the rest of the United States. Um, now, a lot of what she brought helped and hurt at the same time. Um, and in the end, it, it it might have hurt his campaign. Um, I'm not going to say he lost because of her, but uh, probably for every every person she brought in because of how she was, she probably, she might have lost a person as well. Uh, so for Joe Biden, he's going to have to try to figure out if there is a black female that can be a successful running mate because you, you can't just choose uh, 
uh, a black female who is popular, you have to choose somebody who is on the same you know, on the same page as you are, or as he is in this case. Um, so I, I think he's in a no-win situation. If he doesn't choose a black female, there's going to be a lot of pushback against him. Um, if it if it wasn't for the Black Lives Matter movement now, it he can probably get away with it. Um, now, also having Trump shooting himself in the foot uh, is might might kind of balance out <laughs> uh, the uh, if he if he goes a different route. If he goes an older white male, um, that's probably the one that's going to have the most pushback. Uh, if it's a female, not necessarily black, uh, people will get on board with that. A black female, yeah. Um, now, whether it is... Uh, oh, what was her name? Oh, her name is escaping me. The uh, she ran. For, she was one of the candidates for uh, president. Um, yes, I am typing. Google is always my friend. What's her name? Kamala. Ah, here we go. Kamala Harris. Um, my apologies for not knowing or not remembering her name. Um, I think she can probably be a, a decent candidate. Um, I don't believe she is so far to the left. I don't. I don't think she's moderate. Uh, Biden might be more moderate than she is. But she may, she may be close enough to him where she would be a good running mate. Um, I know the the Atlanta mayor has been mentioned, but I think what happened with the occupation uh, by the Wendy's um, protesting the the killing of a black man by the police uh, that might hurt her. Uh, there might be some other mayors, uh, but I think Kamala Harris is, if you're asking me, she'd probably be the one who's in the lead. Uh, whether she wants that seat, who knows? At some point, he's going to have to make his choice, but I guess we'll see. Um, and once he makes that choice, we'll see how it affects the, the actual race. Uh, right now, he is ahead, uh, our current president, Donald Trump. Of course, he makes a lot of noise, and uh, there's talk about him not accepting the results if he loses and things like that. But he'll he'll understand it is what it is, and he he's kind of a fighter. He's always going to fight, and uh, he he doesn't he's not a person who gives in. Either way. Uh, he has a lot of work to do on his reputation. Uh, I think now he needs to listen to the 
smart people and the ones who probably get, who've been trying to tell them to stay off Twitter for four years now and hasn't been successful. I think also, and he's no different than many of us. He's not a politician at all. Uh, even after being in that seat for all these years, he's not a politician. Um, so a lot of what he says you know, is just off the cuff. He doesn't really think about things. He just shoots them out, shoots them out, shoots them out. And many of us do the same thing. The thing is, we don't have cameras on us. We don't have millions and millions of people trying to pay attention to what we're saying, as well as media and other countries. So when he does it, the results are a lot worse than we do it. So uh, I think it's time for him to sit back and and listen to the, the smarter people um, to try to help move him to it, at least a, a playing field where it's not always just fighting and defending and uh, then it's not insulting the the other candidates where he's able to just debate the issues on the merit of the issues. So uh, he hasn't shown he can do it all these years. So don't know if he's going to do it now. Uh, we still have a few months before November anyway. So we'll, we shall see. I'm sure there's going to be a lot more news, a lot more statements from both sides. But we'll see how this election goes. Uh, and on a side note, we have uh, Kanye West. He he was in South Carolina, and uh, he kind of threw himself a campaign rally for his birthday. Uh, I I guess he is taking it seriously, and uh, I a lot of times people do things for publicity and uh, how they can generate more money. I don't think that's the case for him. He He's already worth a lot of money. He brings a lot of money. Uh, his music, it's not like he's living, you know, uh, a lot of these bands that are going out now, they're, they're playing the music. They're touring now, but they're playing the music of 20 years ago. You know, Kanye West, he's, he's still making music. He's still producing. And he definitely doesn't need the publicity because he... He's married to a, uh, okay, I don't want to say that word uh, just because it is offensive to women, uh, but she is definitely a publicity, publicity seeker. How about that? I won't use the offensive term, even though it's not being used in that way, but I don't want to be called out. I don't want to, uh, it's not worth it for me. So he doesn't need the publicity. Um, you know, people say he's narcissistic. Uh, that's why he's running. But I think most people have an element of narcissism in them to run for the highest office. Um, I think you have to, to be able to do it. So, uh, let's see how his campaign goes. It will definitely be interesting. He might not get even 1% of the vote if he stays on the ballot, but he'll definitely make it interesting. And and uh, and once again, just make this the most unimaginable 
election year in history. I don't think it will ever be repeated um, with all the issues going on, the candidates. Uh, just oof. And we have more months of this. <laughs> so it's either going to drive us nuts or it's going to be uh, watching a national reality show take place uh, in front of our eyes. Um, and as I mentioned, COVID-19 is is a huge part in in uh, in this election year. Um, it's not only it's impacted everybody's lives, but it's in, in, impacted the campaign trail. So COVID is still still. I mean, I can't. I don't even want to say it's still prevalent. It's just it's still taking over the world. Um, right now. Um, I don't think there's any country that's being spared. Uh, we, the United States still has almost two times more cases uh, than the next country, which is Brazil. Uh, but one country that's really starting to jump up is South Africa. Uh, it's actually, I think, the only African nation in the top 20 as far as number of cases. Um, but South Africa is also probably has the most international travel. Um, and I think it is the has second highest, I guess, economic system in Africa. Um, I'm using the wrong term, but oh well. Uh, so USA, Brazil, India still are up there, are they're the only countries with the cases in the millions. Uh, I think India has had huge jumps just because their testing has been so slow. They're the second highest, oh, their second largest country um, in respect to population, but they're testing at a much slower rate than most countries. And I'm sure it has a lot to do with, you know, with uh, lack of resources there. But um, we're already at over 600,000 deaths worldwide, uh, approaching 15 million cases worldwide. And those are just the cases that were tested positive. Uh, so it, it could be closer to 20 million who, well, people who actually caught the, the virus. Uh, it's just a we're asymptomatic and we're never tested. Um, I think, I think uh, it's def we've definitely seen a lot of that where people are have gotten tested just because uh, they've come in contact. So, or they they needed to be tested to to go into work or or. I guess for any other reason, just because they felt like getting tested and they came up positive. So there's a lot of people who are asymptomatic who have not been tested. So COVID is still still going strong and I don't think the end can come fast enough for us. Uh, they're still working on vaccines. There's uh, a couple, um, there's I think the one in the UK, and there's one in the United States, they're going into the third or fourth phase, which is kind of the final human stage. And 
even when, when uh, once it starts, it's still it's going to take a while because it's just not okay. It's tested for a week. It's it's uh, it's over months and months where it's not only being tested. It's it's figuring out the side effects. It's um. It's seeing the how long the benefit is just like a flu shot. You take a, you know, it's an annual flu shot. Is this, is this a vaccine you have to take every year? Or if you take two doses this year, it's good for five years. Um, so some of those questions won't be answered for years, but it's, uh, it's still, it's still, you know, bringing a lot of things down. Um, states having the, uh, reintroduce the tighter restrictions and and uh, it's really affecting this economy it's affecting jobs uh, it's affecting people's mental health so uh, if you think about it it's been what we're in July this thing has been around for what seven months already in the United States for five months already so hey who thought we'd still be here after five months. So one thing about time, it goes by quickly. So we shall see where we are by the end of this year. Um, because it was not expected to to still be in at this level at this time, the the relief bill, the CARES Act, uh, the the unemployment portion of it is set to expire at the end of July. Um, so I think they're they're definitely going to extend it, but of course there are Republicans and Democrats, so it's it's going to be all, it's going to get done. It's probably going to get done at the eleventh hour or the the day after. Uh, but it will get done. Um, obviously, the Democrats want to put more money into people's pockets. The Republicans want to reduce the the um, benefit that's being paid. Um, so for people who are on unemployment, in addition to their state unemployment benefit, which is usually probably averaging a little over $300 a week, uh, some states are higher, some are lower. Um, so in, in addition to that, the federal government gives $600. So in some states, those who are unemployed might be making $1,000 a week. Now, what the Republicans want is to reduce that from $600 to uh, $300 or $400. And one of the things they've been arguing is because of the benefit amount, there have been many people who have made more money being unemployed than they would have if they were employed, um, which is definitely the case. And it has kind of eliminated the urgency of trying to find a job, which is definitely true. Some people, some, I mean, some people took a huge pay cut with this and many others got a pay increase. So the ones who took the pay cut really are trying to find the jobs. And usually the ones who took a pay cut, um, it's hard, it takes longer to find a job 
the the more you your salary demands are. Um, obviously, if somebody is pushing or at minimum wage or above minimum wage, the, you know entry level positions are easier to find, and or lower paying positions. So, um, so those who have easier time uh, getting a new job, there's no urgency to do it because they're getting paid more. And I, I kind of under I, I understand both way both sides. Um, I understand putting more more money in people's pocket means more money in the economy, theoretically. Um, whether that's the case or not. I guess we'll have to see what studies say. Um, but also you, you don't want to incentivize, pe- incentivize people not to work. Now, it would probably be easier, maybe not easier, but makes sense to have a tiered, um, a, a tiered uh, benefit program where uh, let's say it starts at 300 and goes up to 600, depending how much a person was making when they lost their job to COVID. Uh, that would be much more difficult to manage. And of course, there'd be fraud, just like there's fraud now. Um, so making it more complex, <laughs> even though it may make more sense, it's not going, it may make it more difficult. And and you still might wind up in the same place. Uh, either way, it's costing them, you know, the government trillions of dollars. Um, either way, I, I think they're, they're definitely going to extend it uh, to what, I guess, uh, limitations or increases it's going to be. That's going to be that's going to be a lot of arguing back and forth. Uh, like I said, I see both sides, um, but I, I it, it helps in multiple ways um, because a lot of people, it, it's harder to find a job in this time as well because so many companies have, have scaled back. Um, and until this virus is better controlled, you're not going to have a surplus of jobs open for people to to go and get. So it's going to be a, a little more difficult. It's going to take time. And uh, so in order to help people not losing their homes, be able to support their families, as well as put that money back in the economy, which I, which I think is is the most important thing, because as long as the money is in the economy, people can have jobs. Uh, there will always be jobs as, as if there's money flowing. So, uh, so we definitely we definitely need the bill to be extended, the relief bill to be extended, um, and the details of it. I guess that's going to be worked out. Uh, there'll probably be some kind of compromise in the end. Um, who knows if it's going to be a win-win, but uh, hopefully it'll help all the families who are really impacted, as well as uh, our economy, um, because we 
even though the economy is going to be a political topic, it's it's something that impacts us every day. Doesn't matter who's running for president, it impacts us every day. Uh, we want a stronger economy, so uh, if we can get more money circulating, the better our economy is, and uh, the more opportunities there will be for people. And like I've said many times, wear the mask. Wear, 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 wear a mask. It's not worth the fight to not wear it. And it's not worth the 15 minutes. And it's more beneficial than a detriment. So just wear it. Style it. Do something with it. Use a bandana. Um, there's so many ways you can style it up, but just wear a mask, uh, not just for yourself, but for everybody around you and all your friends and family, because I am sure the guilt some people are feeling for being stubborn, contracting the virus, passing it to somebody who passed away because of, I don't want to say their stupidity, maybe their naivete, or just their ignorance. Uh, I'm sure it's not a good feeling to live with that guilt, so just wear the mask. Um, the other topic, of course, or issue that's going on in this country, the Black Lives Matter, um, and a lot of the politicizing of it, um, and you see where some local government officials are a little more lenient, some are, are very firm and uh, uncompromising, and then you have the federal response. Um, and like I said, protesting, absolutely nothing wrong with it. It's, it's your right in this country to protest a wrong. It's also your duty to protest peacefully and without damaging people's property, um, and no violence. It's it's counterproductive, a violent protest. So you've seen many cities that have different areas occupied. And uh, the one who, the, the city that's coming up more now is the Portland, is the Portland uh, occupation. And the federal agents, <clears throat> uh, I think the Department of Homeland Security, have come in to break up the occupations and the local governments and the governor, um, of course, the the federal ones are coming uh, at the, I guess, they're, they're uh, well, let's say they're coming you know, on a Republican's command, but I think uh, it's the Republican Party, the president, um, the leaders of those agencies that were appointed by Donald Trump. So they're 
their mission is to disband it and um you know if you're doing something illegal it's it's going to be broken up where uh some of the left have said okay let them let, let people just protest let them protest um and have willingly allowed them to occupy and in portland the the governor and the mayor have been very against the federal agents who've come in. And the federal agents, I will say they probably are going, uh, they're using the wrong tactics. They're coming too strong. And it's, it's, it's becoming, it's, it's becoming very violent and very, um, It's very, it's it's a very hostile environment now, even more than it already was. But I don't know if allowing groups of people to occupy an area just to take it over, and not allow police presence, uh, vandalizing property, uh, violence within the occupied area, uh, from what I read. So about almost $25 million in damage to people's businesses. Um, if, I'm, if I'm a mayor, you're, you're a mayor of the entire city. You're not a mayor to that one occupation, that one, gr- that one group who's occupying. Uh, there's people who were impacted negatively because of it. Um, the violence, the vandalism, it's... It's not helping the cause. So I, I saw a video. There was a black man who was sitting in front of the courthouse and basically demanding the protesters not to put the barricades, not to spray, spray paint, not to vandalize. And I think he was absolutely right. And one of the things he said was, oh, a lot of you are not even part, I'm obviously paraphrasing, part of the Black Lives Movement. And when I saw the video, I saw a lot of white people. It was a lot of white people who want to destroy, who are spray painting. So it tells me that these, some of these occupations, some of these protests, some of the anarchy that's taking place is just people who are just completely anti-government who are using it as an excuse to to push their agenda that is not really coinciding with um, the issue at hand, which is the Black Lives Matter, the, the social justice, the police brutality. And you see, you see this courthouse, all the spirit pain and all that, and you understand, here's a, here's a man who 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 basically said, sit here and protest with me. No, all that other stuff is not necessary. And but a lot of the people there who just wanted to do it because you know, there's protesting and there's crying. Now I've lived in an area where there's been many riots and uh 
well, I don't want to say many, but there's been riots that, uh, I mean, I haven't experienced, uh, I haven't been close to them, but they've been, you know, a short double digit miles away. And, you know, even hurricanes, looting that comes after hurricanes. You know, I understand if you have no food, but that flat screen TV is not a necessity. It's just crime. So there's there's protesting and there's protesters and there's criminals. And what we have is we have way too many criminals who are taking legitimate time and discussion points away from the protesters. And in Portland, I think this is a huge problem. I don't think the local government has done enough. Um, I don't think these occupations that have been have taken place in a lot of cities, uh, they nothing good has come from them. So I don't think the local governments are doing things in the best interest of all the citizens, and I think that's that's a huge problem. So when you have that, when you have some who are doing too little and others who are doing too much uh, because there's no there's no compromise, there's no discussion, there's no there there's no breast, breast, uh, best practice sharing going on. Um, so that's why you have some cities that have nothing going on and then you have other cities that are just anarchy. And what we're doing is we're taking our focus off of what the actual movement is because of all these other things going on. Um, I, I really credit the, the, they're not counter protesters, but the black people who've gone out and not joined the mob mentality and have spoken out against some of the things. Like this man who was sitting, he had an American flag, and he was protesting, though. He was not he was not accepting the way things are. But he was also not accepting criminal activity taking place uh, just to be done, for it to be done. Just like I, uh, there was a black woman in New York who spray-painted over the Black Lives Matter mural on... Um, in front of the Trump Tower. Now, once again, this was done for complete political reasons. And New York has the largest police department in the country. And that mayor is doing a huge disservice to that police department because he's taken a side and instead of working for resolution, he's, I don't know if he's just trying to get keep those votes, but he's alienating an entire group of people, which are the, the police officers. And remember, the great majority of police officers are great at their job. It's the ones who screw up or have their biases, their prejudice, their prejudices, um, their closed-mindedness that impact the way they do their job. Those are the ones that, those are the bad apples. And to alienate an entire police department, 
for political reasons is ridiculous. So there was a black woman who started painting over that mural. And what she said was she has a lot of family in law enforcement and she's tired of basically them getting run over. And it's a valid point. Um, so there's a lot of people who understand, okay, we have a problem here. Let's try to fix it without denigrating the entire police force at the same time. So I, I really give credit to uh, those in the black community who are not just following the mob, but also, but they're becoming leaders at the same time and trying to get this done right and not have this movement be be overshadowed by the looting, the violence, the occupations, because we're talking about those things and we're not talking about the actual issues at hand. So if there's 2,000 people protesting in front of a courthouse with signs and a message, the talk is, look at all these people here protesting what's going on. Listen to their message. That is keeping the focus on the issues and instead of, okay, there's been three shootings in Atlanta. There's been multiple shootings in Seattle. There's been a child killed. Um, there's been millions of dollars lost due to looting. That's not talking about the issues. That's talking about criminal activity. So I, I still implore everybody to protest, protest, and keep the focus on the issues of the protest. And those who are using the protest as a means to further their criminal activity or uh, their willing or I guess willingness to not improve things just to but to destroy you know call those people out those are not the people you want in your protest anyway because you want the ones who are going to keep the focus and work on the movement Martin Luther King he never occupied an area uh he definitely never condoned any kind of violence. Uh, unfortunately, he was killed, and but his message never died. Uh, his physical being did, but his message, his thoughts are still being quoted today. Um, last thing I want to cover is the NFL. Uh, I I thought that that was the one sport that was going to kind of just go, you know, almost as business as usual, but um, we're approaching the opening of training camp, and there are still a lot of negotiation points to take care of, and right now, players are pushing back. Um, Now, some of the, (laughs) some of the protocols don't make sense to me at all, and players have voiced their opinions on it as well. Um, one of the things is after games, you can, you you need to be uh, social social distancing with other players. So during the game, where you're breathing heavy, you definitely have uh, 
respiratory droplets being sprayed all over the place. You're, you're, you're huffing, you're puffing, you're, you're in a scrum with five other people. Everybody's spitting and, and sweat and all this. But then after the game, once nobody's breathing heavy, just speaking normally, it needs to be six feet apart. Doesn't make sense to me. Doesn't make sense to the players. Um, if it's going to be spread, it's going to be spread during the game. Uh, you know, like if somebody, if people exchange jerseys. I mean, you've been grabbing that person's jersey all game. <laughs> if there's anything on it, you're probably going to get it. So uh, some of the players are kind of citing that uh, the health protocol, the safety protocols are not in their best interest. Um, And the ones they are putting in place like these, (laughs) you know, are ridiculous. So uh, as far as also the economics um, is another thing that's, that is being fought uh, as far as if a player opts out, uh, what kind of money they're making and things like that. Um, So, I don't know if training camp's going to start. I think at the end of the day, um, the players may not get everything they want, but they're going to come back. As you've seen, every time there's been a lockout or any kind of work stoppage, the players usually break um, more in football than any other sport just because the economic structure, the size of the rosters, it uh, long work stoppages. After a while, it might benefit future generations of players, but for the ones that are playing now and their limited careers, uh, they're, they're, they're working towards what, can, what benefits them at the moment. So uh, that's why football usually, the work stoppages don't last as long, and, and uh, many times they don't get the exact deal they want. Um, I'm curious to see how it's going to go. Uh, one of the things that uh, is COVID going to really screw up is fantasy football. I've been playing fantasy football for many years. I've won a few, a couple of years. I've, uh, I've had great teams that didn't win just because it's many times it's just luck. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, I think fantasy football is going to have a tough time this year. It's going to be difficult to do a draft and who knows how many games and it, when it can be stopped and who gets uh, COVID and uh, what players will be quarantined and how it's going to impact lack of practice. Uh, fantasy football is going to be tougher this year than any other year. Um, but it's a billion dollar industry. So people are going to play. So they want the players back. Um Basketball and baseball are actually moving forward. Uh, baseball has already started the exhibition season. Uh, Toronto Blue Jays, uh, they're going to have to figure out something, though, because Canada has not, we did not grant them a waiver to be able to play games there. Uh, the NHL, they granted the waiver because it's basically two hub cities in, in, uh, in Canada. And that's it. The movement is only between two hub cities where in baseball, uh, you have the uh, Toronto Blue Jays who will be coming from U.S. cities and then players from U.S., the teams from U.S. cities will be going to Toronto. So they did not grant them the waiver. They're going to have to figure out where they're going to play. Um, but baseball, surprisingly enough, 
with as hostile that negotiation was between the players and the owners, it's starting up. <laughs> it's, it's shocking, but you know, there, there's a lot of players who aren't going to participate. It's a very short season. Um, you know, hopefully COVID won't impact it greatly. Uh, I've been watching a lot of soccer, the National Women's Soccer League and a little bit of MLS. Uh, and so we're starting to get our, our sports fixed. Uh, basketball starting up pretty soon. A lot, uh, All the players are in Orlando. Um, they're not complaining about the food anymore, so that's good. Uh, but, yeah, sports are coming back. It's live sports. It's on TV. Uh, the, the Yankees and the Mets started uh, yesterday. And I think in a couple weeks, or less than a couple weeks, the NBA is going to start up. So our sports are, are coming back. Hopefully they're able to finish out their year, uh, their season, college sports. Uh, uh, stay tuned for that. Who knows what's going to happen with those with those sports. But, um, but at least, you know, even though the noise isn't the same, uh, sometimes you some uh, baseball they had to cut, uh, cardboard cutouts of people in the stands. Uh, yeah, I don't know the purpose of that, but uh, whatever works. Uh, but we've been deprived for live sports for months now, so this is definitely a uh, a good thing. Um, sports is kind of a great equalizer in society. Uh, it brings people from all different backgrounds together to root for their one team. So uh, let's hope they're able to complete their seasons and let's hope uh, COVID doesn't impact their safety and their health. Um, And I'm sure on my next podcast, I'll probably have a new update about sports, but (sighs) right now, at least they're on, except for uh, football, they're definitely on track. So, uh, it's time to start rooting for our favorite teams. So with that, I will call an end to this this podcast. And probably run a little bit longer than I expected. I do tend to babble. Uh, we know that. So it's just par for the course. It's just who I am. Um, if you have any comments, any topics you'd like me to kind of go over, uh, feel free to send an email to digging for the number four something at AOL.com. Uh, and uh, I appreciate it. Thank you for listening. Uh, this has been Digging for Something. I am JJ, and I will see you when I see you. <laughs>